today. I'm joined by Ellen Wang, who is a PhD student at UBC and also programs coordinator at Arthritis Consumer Experts. Ellen, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Kelly. You're part of the ACE team, along with myself and a couple of other team members who attended the latest Canadian Rheumatology Association and Arthritis Health Professional Association's annual scientific meeting this year it was held in Quebec City in February. And it was actually the ninth consecutive year that we, ACE, uh, hosted something that we call the CRA Arthritis Facebook and Twitter live event at the CRA meeting. And at that, during that program at the meeting, we interview as many of the leading rheumatologists, researchers, patient uh, organization representatives, physiotherapists, occupational therapists, and other arthritis health professionals who are attending and presenting at this meeting. So it's a gathering every year of some of the smartest leading people from our arthritis community. And our opportunity running this program is to meet with them, to get give us a sense of the research that they're presenting and try to translate in a way that you, our audience, can understand. And as part of that effort, beyond the CRA arthritis program itself, we thought we would devote an episode to some of the highlights that we learned about during the meeting. Ellen, you're gonna walk us through some of these highlights. And you were actually one of those smart people who were presenting at the conference as well. So I'm really happy that you're able to do this and not me and try and do some knowledge translation around some really exciting research that was shared in Quebec City. So I'm gonna turn it over to you and provide, and hopefully you can provide us some of these highlights. Absolutely. And Kelly, always, always an honor. And truly, I, I do want to say it was an absolute privilege to, to be there. It was, uh, I would believe, it was my first um, in-person Canadian conference and to have the privilege to speak to all of those great minds and all of, I would say, the individuals who are so, so um, passionate about arthritis care, about arthritis advocacy. Uh, you could tell that you know, as soon as you walked in, it was very much so close, tight knit group of individuals who were just there to support each other, there to learn more. And I think the beautiful thing about going to a uh, conference is, I think, really just having your eyes open about what different people are doing across the country, whether that is in research, that is in advocacy, that is in dissemination or learning to share information. So one of the kind of really exciting things from our one of our partners, the Canadian Spondylitis Association, they recently rebranded and relaunched their new website. I had the pleasure of interviewing Jeff Beach, the former president of the SPC, SPA, uh, and we described uh, had a really beautiful dialogue around the role of patients uh, in advocacy organizations and how it is really important um, and ways we can get knowledge 
into the hands of, of our end users or of those patients. And, you know, I would highly very much so encourage everyone to check out the new SPA website. They do have a tool there to help uh, with decision-making in terms of medications. So all arthritis medications, uh, it helps you weigh the risks and the benefits and something you can print out and take to your physician. So really exciting developments. You can see that uh, advocacy and research are going hand in hand and there's organizations like the SPA, the Spondylitis Association that are you know, really leading the way. And I also have got the chance to interview Aisha. Um, Aisha Beg is a nurse clinician. So that means she's not only a healthcare provider herself, she's a researcher herself, but she's also a patient. And her journey is so, I think, so touching, but also so reflective of what many people go through when it comes to a delayed or even a misdiagnosis. And I don't mean like it was misdiagnosed for a year or so, decade, like a decade. And to hear that story um, really reminds us all of why we do this work, uh, of why it is also as a patient, it is so important for you to gain the skills of advocacy for yourself. So self-advocacy because unfortunately we do live in a system and we operate in a system where you have to speak up for yourself if you don't believe you're being heard so highly recommend everyone check out both of those interviews really really impactful um for for myself as a trainee but more so um i would say as, as a person as a human um and as a, as a patient myself on the topic of patients first and, and patient-centered uh perspectives and experiences um that during the nine years that we've had the CRA arthritis program, it's been powered by ACE, but it's been supported by representatives from the Arthritis Patient Advisory Board of Arthritis Research Canada. So again, getting patients involved from that body um, who we work closely with on a lot of other projects, but they've been very, very supportive through the years as well. Yeah, and it's, it's really nice to see so many advocacy organizations coming together to support one another. So many researchers coming together to celebrate each other when they win an award. Um, so it really was a, a phenomenal experience. And then one, the second thing I wanted to highlight, I had this beautiful interview with uh, Dr. Michelle Batish, who's an associate professor of pediatrics at McMaster University. And her work is dedicated to supporting youth to transition to uh, adult care. So she runs a specialized transition clinic where um, individuals or patients um, with, for example, JIA or juvenile idiopathic arthritis move at that age of 18 from pediatric care where there are, I don't want to say more resources, but there is more resources and more support um, to a system where it's a lot of you have to be the person, you are the primary caregiver. And as an adult with inflammatory arthritis, you are your own primary caregiver in learning how to schedule those appointments, to be on time at those appointments, to um, self-monitor between appointments is, is something we need to learn and develop. And I think that that is the problem she's tackling because youth are going through a huge transition stage of their life period. And then they have to also transition how they care for themselves. 
Um, her and her team are doing some fantastic work. Would highly recommend you check out that episode. And they also have a really cool app uh, with a bunch of questionnaires that you can do very accessible. And it really does help with that self-monitoring piece. Self-monitoring simply means you provide your feedback, you write notes, you answer certain questions. So when you go to your care provider, that you are prepared. So highly yeah, and fundamentally, just to make sure people understand that those people who are transitioning from pediatric to adult care are switching key members of their healthcare team, including their rheumatologist. Thank you, Kelly. That's exactly it where um, I, I did mention. So when someone transitions from pediatric to adult care, um, you actually transition rheumatologists. So it's not that the same rheumatologists follow you throughout. And this um, beautiful system that has been put in by Dr. Batish is where the adult rheumatologist will actually attend sessions, attend appointments with the pediatric, pediatric rheumatologist and the patient. So we're starting to create that bond, that trust at an earlier stage. Um, and the last piece, um, as, as somebody who, who will be going to physical uh, therapy or go through my physical therapy training, um, Dr. Uh, sorry, Ms. Laura Paslent, who's a clinician researcher with the Schroeder Arthritis Institute at the University Health Network, leads what is called the Advanced Clinician Practitioner in Arthritis care. We call this the ACPAC or the ACPAC program. And essentially it is an advanced training for program for individuals who are already occupational therapists or physical therapists, or I believe nurse practitioners as well, to develop these specialized skills to work with individuals with arthritis. So it really is that specialization that we've all been looking for to just have a have a deeper understanding of perhaps the needs, the wants, the preferences of, of some of the individuals with arthritis um, and to have that disease specific knowledge, like so, so key. And, and for those who may be listening who are interested, we will also provide a link of how you could, you know, access or learn more about the program in case you're interested in, in taking, taking it uh, at some point. You're also one of those people who was carrying a poster and presented it during the poster session. So I think we're missing maybe the most important piece of research. And that was the one that you presented on behalf of ACE. Can you tell us about yeah. that? Yes, Kelly, absolutely. I, you know, I had, I'm so grateful to have had the opportunity to um, do work with ACE where, you know, I do want to thank everyone, um, everyone who completes our surveys. Like truly, this is, this is your work. This is your work being um, highlighted at the moment. This is your time that you've, you've advocated. I, I had the pleasure of looking at the data, but the, this is, you know, um, what you have contributed to um, and you, you should take ownership of this. But in essence, um, the, the title of the poster was Inequities in Arthritis Care in Canada. So what we had done is we ran a survey to look at uh, access to interactions with healthcare providers and some of the different um, uh, care practices in arthritis care. And when we looked at the data by dissecting it between um, women and men, um, individuals of color, so Black, Indigenous, and people of color, what we, what we call BIPOC and white, we saw truly um, astounding differences. And if you looked further at rural and non-rural, you would be absolutely blown away by some of those 
um, differences, whether it was, for example, if you were a person of color and you lived in a rural area, your ability to access care, we would know instinctively, right? You could guess that it's probably a little bit harder to access care, right? But it's, it's the degree in which someone experiences difficulties. It, it truly blew my mind um, to, to think about how many barriers this, these individuals that fall at that intersection of being rural, I mean, living in a rural area, as well as being a person or a minority or an individual who is underserved, in this case, would experience. So if we can't reach care, if we have poor experiences with care providers, of course we don't want to come back if our worries and our thoughts are dismissed or we get spoken to in a tone that's um, not very gracious and not very welcoming and a little bit condescending, um, that isn't good care because uh, dare I argue that part of care is that interaction that you have with, with the care provider. If that's toxic, then does it matter if, you if your healthcare provider prescribes the right medication to you? It really doesn't matter at that point because that interaction itself was was so toxic. So we were able to really dig into the data and look at some of the intersections. And yeah, what we found was really interesting, um, not only because the numbers were wow, but because it came to realize like, these are real people living in Canada. So it's not just like, oh, I'm looking at some numbers of people who I will never get to talk to in my life and it doesn't matter, this is another country. It's like, no, this could be my next door neighbor. They could they could be one of these data points that you know I'm looking at or trying to understand. This could be somebody I pass at, in my clinic. Perhaps they had to drive four hours to come to, to a rheumatologist, but I don't know. And that was like the impact they were having. I was like, wow, these are real people real people living together. I think what was encouraging is that um, ACE's poster that you presented was one of several that looked at health inequities in Canada. So it's a conversation that patient groups aren't only having, but clinicians are, arthritis health professionals are. And I think there's a real opportunity for the community collectively to start not just examining these gaps, these disparities, but to start addressing them. And I think we had some very, very constructive discussions, conversations during the meeting. And I know uh, following uh, up, we are going to be meeting and speaking to a lot of people. And just a reminder as well, um, as it relates specifically to uh, Indigenous care, ACE is helping lead the community towards a path of truth and reconciliation. And they can, you can find information about that um, on our website. Now, if people want to find more information about the research that we highlighted, it was not only aired live during the conference on Arthritis Broadcast Network. And just a reminder to our audience, if you're not familiar with the ABN, it's Canada's largest patient-led arthritis news outlet. So if you're looking for the latest arthritis news or patient education, uh, we encourage you to go to our uh, broadcast site at Arthritis Broadcast Network. But there's some other places where they can find this information as well. 
um, Ellen, maybe you can share some of those locations for with us. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Kelly. Absolutely. So if you are interested in learning more to actually see some of these recordings, they're very short and sweet, about 10 to 20 minutes, very digestible, and they are with the absolute leading experts in Canada, we will refer you or we'll link below this video um, links to uh, we have YouTube for the uh, complete playlist. We also have Twitter and Facebook for some of the posts that we made as well. Great. Well, thank you very much for spending some time with us today, Ellen, and sharing this important news and information and updates that we were able to provide from the CRA annual meeting. And also a reminder to our audience that ACE will be closely following the research presented at the upcoming ULAR conference in Europe. And we will be able to provide you an update and some key takeaways from that conference in June when it occurs in this year, I think it's in Milan, Italy. So looking forward to seeing you again. Thanks for joining us on Arthritis at Home. 